Hi, I'm the Strategist Cowboy. This week, I am reviewing the Imperial Stout Beer assortment, Cookies and Corpse Paint, from a Canadian brewery in Calgary, Alberta, called New Level Brewing, and I'm setting it up against itself. It is an ale with a fairly high ABV level. Do you realize how crazy difficult it is to sip a mouthful of beer and then make some kind of review based on just a few sips in real time? I cannot do it myself. Not within the time frames I'm reviewing in, or about 12 plus minutes per beer, and not without quietly concentrating and contemplating for most of the time when doing an episode. Either you do it like I'm doing it, or you keep quiet for 18 minutes while contemplating the beer assortment, because it requires either my full concentration if making a high quality review, or I have to be constantly sipping on the beer and evaluate the beer instantaneously in every single moment, but with lesser quality. Anyway, let's fire up the review. Let's get ready to rumble! This week's first and only contestant is the Imperial Stout Beer Assortment, Cookies and Corpse Paint, from New Level Brewing in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. The province Alberta is about center-left on a North American map. Calgary is a city close to the USA, but not close to Alaska. Ingredients in the Cookies and Corpse Paint beer assortment are water, malted barley, wheat, oats, hops, yeast, and lactose mint chocolate cookies. Yes, you heard me right. Lactose mint chocolate cookies. The hops are of non-known sorts, but the beer has an IBU bitterness of, hold your hat, 50. The expiration date on this particular beer is mid-November 2023. Today it is late August 2023. The Cookies and Corpse Paint beer assortment comes in a European size 47.3 centiliters, i.e. about a liquid, a 16 liquid ounces can. The can depicts some sort of an emo person smeared with eyeshadow and he is drinking a beer and eating a cookie. I can't find this beer assortment on the brewery's website, but according to Sustainable Logit, 
The animated image depicts a heavy metal rocker. The can label is in two different blue colors. The cookies and corpse paint beer assortment cost me a whopping 50 kronor at Systembolaget. That is about four US dollars and 60 cents. That is one US dollar and 15 cents per every four ounces of beer. Okay. The preferred serving temperature on this beer assortment is according to Systembolaget 12 to 14 degrees Celsius or about 54 to 57 degrees Fahrenheit. It is a normal serving temperature for a nail. The cookies and corpse paint ale beer assortment has got a respectable 7% ABV level. 7%. How about the experience then? Okay, let's see here, it's going on. Ah, interesting aroma. Mmm. It do taste like it does taste like, like like mint chocolate. Very much so. But uh, let's uh, the aroma. Let's uh, check the aroma. It's mint chocolatey. It is, and it's got a nice brown foam about a two fingers tall head. And it's very dark in color. I can't see my fingers through the glass at all. It's a stout or a porter. Was it a porter? No, it's a stout. <laughs> uh, very interesting. This is not an ordinary beer for sure. It's not at all an ordinary beer. First impression, it's definitely sweet. I mean, it's it's candy-like, very much so. It 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 tastes like if you could drink candy, this would be it. No question about it. Even the, the most numb, twisted person could have figured out that this is a candy taste, candy flavor. Anyone could do it, an idiot. Uh, first impression, uh, well,
first impression is candy, 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 candy. It's very rich. It's not bread-like. It's not yeasty. It's not malty. Taste on my palate, candy, sweet, sweet candy. It's sweet, of course. It's, it's, so, it's so sweet. So, I mean, they couldn't have made it any sweeter if they had sweeteners, brown sugar, sugar, cane sugar, everything in it. This is a sweet, sweet beer. It's not, uh, The bitterness is drowning. I mean, it's got a 50 IBU, so it's very high. But the bitterness is almost drowning in this beer. It's difficult to sense it or the hoppiness uh, in it. It's very much candy-like, very much. Is it fruity? Main chocolate, <laughs> no fruit. Uh, spices. Uh, perhaps uh, there may be. I'm going up here to look at this to have a, a, a clue. Um, it tastes, it do taste like oats. Maybe that's the undertaste, oats, yeah. But not so much wheat or molten barley. Uh, lactose mint chocolate cookies. It it doesn't taste like, like cookies. It doesn't taste like cookies. But uh, it tastes like candy. Well, you could say cookies, but no, candy is the real equivalence here. To it's the right word to use. Uh, let's see a carbonation level. I don't know, but it's creamy. Creamy sweet sugar. It's not acidic and there are not really any aberrations because those, this mint chocolate is supposed to be very prevalent in this beer. So, um, mm. no aberrations. It's uh, dark roasted. And I don't think it's filtered. It's, it's, 
pretty oily. It's pretty oily. It, it's almost like there was a lump in this beer when I poured up the last of it or the half other half of it. I don't know yet. <laughs> Let's see what it is. It, it may be a, a bit of uh, a cookie piece. Some piece of cookie in it. I don't know. But uh, it's not, it hasn't got any bread taste. At least I don't, I wouldn't uh, presume it, it did because um, it tastes like candy. It tastes like candy. Uh, let's see here. It's very... Uh, thick uh, it's thick uh, and uh, besides let's see here perhaps perhaps a little bit of licorice taste Yeah, I think uh, you could say that if you wish to. Uh, it's uh, uh, fudgy almost. Yeah, fudgy, especially in its uh, consistent. I mean. Uh, It's, it's a little bit complex, uh, this beer. Uh, you could say that uh, uh, a little bit of coffee taste too, but uh, I, I'm not. I don't think they have coffee in it. But but beers are beers and beers can be complex and that means that uh, there may be flavors that i apprehend that uh, uh, may differ from what the ingredients really are in the beer but uh, well it's it's a complex beer that's about it okay what about grading then well i'm not really into this sweet type of beer very sweet beer if i'd been been german i'd probably love it let's see i'm gonna pour up the last bit How many devils do I grade this beer? 
this is an odd beer and I'm feeling a little bit queasy from drinking this beer so I think I'm gonna grade it uh, I don't want to grade it too low because they were brave enough to stick out their chin and uh, uh, in a way that I'm, I've never account I, I mean uh, I've never experienced before uh, it's uh, so brave that I will dub this beer a uh, seven mostly because it could have been higher but i don't i'm not into this kind this type of beer uh so i give it seven devils of ten plus but if i grade it for their guts it have been it would have been over the top Um, yeah, absolutely don't drink and operate heavy machines, military or civilian. Drink responsibly or not at all. Don't drink at all if you're underaged or pregnant. Pros and cons of joining NATO. Joining NATO has its pros and cons. One downside is that if we join NATO, we will probably have the honor of participating in America's next war. We had to do that last time it happened too, in Afghanistan because George W. Bush said, if you're not with us, you're against us. And then we weren't even a NATO country. Hermann Göring said something similar prior to World War II. He said, I know only of two kinds of people, those with us and those against us. NATO countries such as Denmark also fought in the Iraq war from 2003. I make the analysis that even in that, in the next major war, the US will look at Europe as a reserve pool for soldiers and material to the US army. That war will either start against Iranian proxy forces in Syria or in Iraq or they will strike directly at Iran. An alternative could be that Saudi Arabia becomes the target. A future war somewhere around there seems inevitable. The US has oil reserves within its borders that will last only 12 more years if the CIA's own yearbook, CIA World Factbook, 2023 to 2024 is to be taken seriously. And then only if the US can Im import half of the oil it consumes on an annual basis. In addition, 
fracking, which the U.S. uses to pump up the last oil in the ground with the help of toxic chemicals, means that the groundwater in large parts of the U.S. now is poisoned. It is not optimal, one might say. The ideal for the sitting president, say it's a Democrat, but it might as well be a Republican, would be if Iran could undergo a velvet revolution where the Iranian women threw away their shawls and thereby invalidate the regime. War is not plan A, war is plan B. But if we are really unlucky, it will become a world war. China, which does the most business with the oil countries in the Persian Gulf, is allowed to buy five times as much oil from the countries in the Persian Gulf as is sold to the United States, much to the chagrin of the United States. But China cannot back up the trade with any tangible military in the Indian Ocean and the Persian Gulf. China has two aircraft carriers, while the US has close to a dozen. China has one major trump card to annex Taiwan and take control of Taiwan's semiconductor manufacturing. Taiwan produces 92% of all the world's semiconductors. Anyone can understand how a successful Chinese military operation against Taiwan would risk overturning the economics, the economies of the West. And in Central Africa, the Great War seems to have already started with the help of the Wagner forces from Russia. The US, of course, cannot start a major war directly because it is a democracy. The American people also do not know that the United States will soon run out of oil. And if they don't know that the United States will soon run out of oil, the US can't start a war. It's a catch-22. The advantage of joining NATO now is that we won't later on end up in a situation where we have to fight alone against Russia in the event that Russia directs its interest directly towards us. It had become a bit personal. I have another lesson for today that is short and concise. Should the opposition try and force Rikard Yumsov out of politics? Rikard Yumsov is an Sverigedemokrat, an SD politician, a right-wing politician. They can demand, but they cannot force him away. They shouldn't be able to force him out. Listen, I don't cooperate with Yumsov. His rigid and dogmatic leadership style is not for me. I believe that the opposition should protest and in the strongest terms oppose Yumsov's choice of words according to, to their personal convictions but they should have enough backbone to share the risks with the government. 
This is usually called patriotism, love of the country, matriotism, sense of community, group belonging, stand up guys, choose the word choice you prefer. What about the Quran burnings that Richard Jumsov apparently means should be allowed? Jumsov is not alone in thinking that our constitution is of higher value than the possibility of someone within the frames of the law offending or making derogatory statements about the Muslims or Christians or whomever. There is a law against making derogatory statements or act accordingly against an ethnic group in Sweden anyway. It is called incitement against an ethnic group. The Swedish people are divided. Some useful idiots think it's good to put our constitution over religious nutcases right to be respected for their ungodly, denigrating and hostile philosophy. Others think it is dis disrespectful to, to a faith. I think that the half Danish on the father's side, Rasmus Paludan, who at best does not identify himself as Swedish, and at worst is a Swedish traitor, is a nutcase. If I had met Paludan walking with a Kuran in one hand and a lighter in the other, I would have put him in his place within the means at my disposal. He is a golem from the Lord of the Rings who risks Sweden's well-being and he is aware of it. I freak out when someone mentions his name. My personal belief is that if Muslims want to believe in the Quran, I should not prevent them from doing so. The only thing I do not tolerate is if someone because of their ethnic origin is forced to bow to the Muslim faith, wear a veil against their will, or live their lives the way Imams want them to live their lives. Because then I become just as wholly pissed on them as I get on Paladin. Having said this, Swedish law shall be applied in Sweden. Muslim states and or Muslims should not dictate laws in Sweden. This is my country. Thank you and see you later, alligator, at a while, crocodile. My name is Roger Klang.